Hi, I'm Simone W. Johnson-Smith, and welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America. Are you a professional new to the United States and struggling to monetize the expertise you brought across the seas? Are you feeling misunderstood and out of touch because you're struggling to understand the unstated rules of the American culture? Each week, we'll take an in-depth look at the positive contributions immigrants are making to the American culture, marketplace, and life. Our intention is to serve as a bridge from your culture to the American culture, giving you a roadmap of tools and the language to understand the unstated rules of the American culture. Let's get started. Hello, listeners, and welcome again to another episode of the Immigrant Experience in America, where we humanize and amplify the experiences of immigrants in the United States. Our goal is to build a human library of immigrant stories to inspire you on your very own journey. Today, we have here for you Maha Hafez Ritherington. Welcome, Maha. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be with you today, Simon. Very good. We're so happy to have you on our podcast. If you don't mind to go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background and what is your heritage? Absolutely. I'd be delighted to. Um, as you mentioned, my name is Maha Hafiz Witherington. Uh, Maha Hafiz is my background. I was born and raised uh, in Alexandria, Egypt. And uh, I grew up in a very um, caring and loving family, mom and dad and two younger brothers. Um, at the age of um, six, five or six, when it was time for me to go to kindergarten, I um, attended uh, in Alexandria, Egypt, my hometown, the Sacred Heart Catholic School for Girls. Uh, I graduated after 12 years um, with my high school diploma. And um, from there, I um, decided to go to college. And uh, I joined uh, uh, the Faculty of Arts where I studied English literature. Uh, and I graduated after four years with my degree. Um, uh, I have a degree, a BA, bachelor's degree in English literature. Um, during my time in school, it's required uh, by the school rules as a foreign school in Egypt to speak English as a first language. Of course, Arabic is my mother tongue. So this what uh, was the interest when I went to school is to learn more than one language. So I studied English and all my courses during school for the 12 years were conducted in English. Uh, I took Arabic classes as well in school and uh, at the sixth grade and uh, I was roughly about 12, we were introduced to the French language. This is where the languages came from. And uh, during my time in college, I studied um, English history and the last year of college, I studied American history. Um, after graduation from college, I had a lot of dreams to pursue. And uh, honestly, my father, uh, I would say my parents as well, and uh, kind of um, pushed me to pursue all the dreams I wanted. So I traveled. I traveled uh, to different countries in Europe 
at that time I haven't visited the States yet, but I traveled to Europe, uh, particularly London and Paris, where I, uh, in Paris, uh, started to train to learn about um, administrative uh, work because this was a passion of mine. I wanted to learn and speaking also the um, French language afforded me to be in Paris and uh, pursue that dream I had. And I really trained well during that time. Um, that's pretty much my upbringing. Uh, I was always as, as, as a teenager interested in volunteering and doing charity work. And um, so this started honestly at a very, very early age and uh, it helped me a lot uh, to date in everything I'm doing. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't know what else you would like to ask me. I don't want to go uh, into my personal life and how I made it to America until I get to the next question. Right, right. Okay. So my very next question then, so your heritage, you're from Egypt. Yes, ma'am. Give us a sense for... Um, can you give us a sense for what life is like in, in your home country? Yes. For, for example, uh, things that you do for fun, what type of food do you eat? What's the culture like, music? Sounds yeah. like you, Arabic is the, is the native language. That's right. Yes, right. My mother tongue, yes. So I what speak is, the Arabic language, excuse yeah. me, I speak the Arabic language with the, uh, of course, the Egyptian dialect, because there are so many Arab speakers, and the dialects differ from one country to other. So in my uh, country, Egypt, and my hometown, Alexandria, we speak the Egyptian dialect. Okay, and what are, what, for example, is uh, another one? And that's, I mean, another, is, are there any other dialects spoken in Egypt itself? Uh, we in do itself? understand, we do, of course, understand uh, the other dialects like the Lebanese, uh, the Gulf, the Gulf area, uh, okay. a little bit of the Moroccan because they really don't speak Arabic. It's, it's, there is a lot of French included in that, but it is one of the things uh, I personally like is uh, to be exposed to different cultures and through my travels as we will get into the podcast and the different countries I lived in, I was able to differentiate between those dialects. Okay, very good. And so, um, so I'm getting a sense for the richness of the language uh, spoken in the country. What are some of the foods that you eat? What's the culture like in Egypt? Just for our listeners to get a sense of what life is like in Egypt. Of course. Um, of course, I grew up in Alexandria. Alexandria is the pearl of the Mediterranean. And um, the life in Alexandria growing up by the Mediterranean was pretty much the, 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 the seafood, if, if, if you can uh, if you can picture that, it's seafood, it's the, it's the beautiful Mediterranean, our beautiful summers um, spent on the beach, different various beaches of Egypt. So seafood is one of the main, uh, main foods you would find in Alexandria, fresh, right out from the water, and all kinds, fish, shrimps, shells, you name it. Lots of restaurants, lots of restaurants on the Mediterranean who um, 
serve this kind of food. Um, other than that, we pretty much are so much into uh, vegetables. We have pretty much all kinds of vegetables, fresh vegetables, um, fresh vegetable markets where you can go and pick your vegetables um, in person. Um, a lot of good uh, we, a lot of dairy, there's quite a bit of dairy, uh, fruits, a lot of fruits, especially oranges and tangerines. Um, so it's a variety of, of foods. Um, food is, uh, is kind of, and the Egyptian cuisine is, is kind of rich. And we as Egyptians, we like the uh, gatherings around the table um, as families and friends and relatives and we just sit and make um, so much food <laughs> at a rich table. And uh, rice is one of the main dishes always on the uh, Egyptian table, different kinds of rice. Um, people love to eat meat. <laughs> and um, so it's, it's honestly a variety. The culture itself is also rich. There are anywhere from, of course, the culture, the old culture, museums, uh, uh, we have two of the seven wonders of the world, as you know, in Egypt, uh, the pyramids in Cairo and the lighthouse in my hometown, Alexandria. Wonderful. So, uh, yes, that's a rich, rich history. And just walking down the streets of Alexandria, you will feel the wealth of history and uh, all the people and all the conquerors and all the uh, uh, history and background in this country. Okay, wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. So, um, what what is your, did you arrive to the United States alone or with your family? What brought you to the United States? Uh, what brought me to the United States is a very uh, interesting and inspiring story. At least I would tell you honestly, Simon, to, to me as Maha, who grew up in Egypt and was educated in Egypt and did everything in Egypt, and then my life changed. Um, I, <laughs> I was married and uh, I lived in the Egypt and I was very um, happy and going with my life, doing the things I, I did. But unfortunately, my, my marriage ended and uh, this marriage resulted in having two little girls, okay? Uh, I devoted my life and I devoted myself uh, to the girls and to a career that I chose to pursue in Egypt. Um, and I decided to pursue that career as an administrative assistant. Um, I joined um, the embassy based on my education and based on my uh, background and languages I speak. I joined um, the embassy of the United States of America uh, for that job, an administrative assistant at the embassy. Uh, during that time, um, it just was coincidence and fate that I met my future uh, American husband. And uh, he was a uh, diplomat working at the uh, embassy uh, in Egypt and uh, on a project. And uh, we got along very well. Our, uh, our interests were the same. Our uh, thinking was the same. 
And to be very honest with you, at that point, I never thought that this will end up with marriage and leaving with the two little girls to come to the States. Right. So, <laughs> so um, normally on, on, on assignments, diplomatic assignments like that, they, they, uh, they, they know their next assignment six months ahead of time. And during that time, uh, what really also made me interested in, 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 in uh, having that relationship with my future husband then is that his um, experience, this was his first time in the Middle East, so his, his experience was extremely limited. And I wanted also to show him the richness of this country, Egypt, Alexandria, Egypt in general, and um, and we started to do that, and I think this is when we both kind of clicked together and our interests were the same. So six months prior to his departure, to make the long story uh, short, um, he asked me what was uh, the procedure to marry you. Um, <laughs> Yes. And That's culturally, uh, culturally, I'm imagining it's, it's, it's different it's, uh, from the American a, culture. Absolutely, Simon. Absolutely. And I'm very, very upfront and honest with you. It was to me, you know, I knew that this was going to end one day, but, and then, you know, mind you, I have those two little girls. Okay. So it was to me hard, but during that time, we got to know each other for nine months. And during that time, and, and also my, uh, my family was involved in this relationship. It was, it was in, and, and uh, they, they accepted him not as a future husband or anything like that. They accepted him as um, our Egyptian hospitality, as, as a foreigner in our country, especially yes. my father. My father was a military guy and he was, he was, very well known in my country um, he passed away now but he taught me so much so he's the first one I ran to and I told him about that story and as a matter of fact my dad invited him to our house uh, he told him bring him he told me bring him home so he can see uh, we can change the stereotype of how people in this part of the world live you know what i mean and yes, yes. him so he can culturally be exposed to an egyptian house and he was aware of me showing him around and taking him to the pyramids here and there. We did a lot of things together. Bottom line is when he asked me that question, it was hard because at that time I told him, you're not coming to the States or you're not going back wherever you're going to your next assignment. As a matter of fact, it was the United States. But it's not just me, okay? It's me and the girls. And at that point, you know, um, you have to know him to know what kind of person I'm talking about. He said, I am, I know I'm aware and I'm ready. This is, this is going to work just fine. Wow. Um, I have to, I have to tell you the procedures were not easy. I would tell you um, the direct family and the family and friends, there were reluctance from a lot. There were criticism from a lot. But I, at that time, had to do what my heart and what I felt is good for me. I had a good feeling about this person. I had a good feeling about me leaving because I also had a plan. Yes. 
So, and of course, I always am a firm believer that our plans, we have to plan. They can be fulfilled. They can be 100% guaranteed, but you just have to try. Right. Um, so um, after those nine months were over, we started the procedures. We're not easy. Different cultures, different looks, different religions, different everything. And I'm moving from a place that I have known all my life. Uh, and I am very, very about age and about years. I'm very open. I met my husband, Philip, in 1988. And how old were you then? I was 32. Okay, okay. I was 32 and he was 38. Okay. Uh, so at that point, Simon also, and, and anyone who's following me, we were also mature to make our own decisions. Um, and again, I would say in a culture like ours, um, it takes a very, very strong person to take those decisions. Right, right. And to convince people with those, uh, to me, it wasn't people, to me, it was my family. As long as my family were on my side and they were aware of what I'm doing, this is what counted. Other than that, I really didn't um, care because this is my life. Uh, right. so we if I may interject, if may, I may interject, because yes, I'm course. wondering, our listeners might be wondering, what what is it like for for uh, couples when they're getting married? What is the custom? Is the male supposed to um, ask for your hand in marriage? What is it like in Egypt when a young lady yes. is about to get married? Yes, yes, and it is it is across all different cultures and all different levels uh, in in Egypt that you have to be. There, there has to be an introduction. It is, it is um, important to, um, on both sides, to respect the woman you are marrying and respect also the man you are marrying and the families. And yes. this is one thing when Philip, my husband, came to ask my hand from my dad, my father wanted to make sure that Philip's family in the United States is aware of this marriage and is aware of what we are doing. And as a matter of fact, my father, as the father of me, the girl, he is he also contacted. So this is how he cares for me. He got in touch with Philip's parents. They are both gone now to introduce us and introduce their family and introduce Philip as being accepted in our family. So this was a step that really uh, gave me more respect to my dad and respect to myself uh, than anything. All the other things he has done in my life were just amazing. But this one kind of made me feel um, the acceptance and uh, the um, honor of uh, introducing himself to his family. And they were, they were extremely great people. I always, uh, I like to write and I always write about them, uh, particularly my mother-in-law who taught me a lot when I came to the States in 1989. So um, the procedure started, and um, as a diplomat, we had to go through the American embassy with our marriage papers, and we had also to notarize. There was a lot of things to do, and also me leaving the country, and I had those two little girls. There were a lot of paperwork and procedures to make everything 
right and legal for the marriage and for uh, being um, the dad of those two girls uh, in the future. At that time, those two little girls were only um, a little bit shy from six and a little bit shy from eight years old. Right. And uh, I would like to report that those two little girls now are 42 and 39, along with the son we shared together, who is 31, Joseph. And they are three successful kids, especially the two little girls who came to the United States. They went to German schools in Egypt, so their languages were Arabic, German, and a little bit of English. They mastered English, and they um, finished their high school and the Department of Defense schools around the world because they accompanied us through our travels. Then they settled in the United States when they went to college. They graduated with college degrees, both history and political science. Joseph has a degree, an IT degree, and a second degree in uh, supply management. They all graduated college. Uh, my youngest daughter joined the United States Army and became an officer, and she deployed twice. And uh, just about uh, May of 2021, she was she earned her second degree, and now she's a lawyer. Wow! And your other daughter? My other daughter is a chief of staff for um, Deloitte. She, they both resided in Washington, D.C., but Reese and uh, one is still in D.C. She's between D.C. and Switzerland for her work. She works for Morgan Lewis. And my other daughter, my oldest, is um, she started as an executive administrative assistant. She currently is working on her. Uh, she's, she moved to Austin, Texas with Deloitte. She's been with Deloitte for almost uh, six years now. She's doing really well. Joseph, my son, is, uh, is an IT uh, for, in the state of Austin for the state he works for the right state. right right wow and you are in... a little bit to the kids but this is the pride this is the pride of me i i don't want to talk to me about me all the time but this is the pride that we came here we made it here and it's like we were on the same sheet of music we are going to do something and we are going to excel and we are going to be great citizens of this country Yes, yes, that's the immigrant mentality for the most part, right? Yes, yes, of right. course. Yeah. Yes. This is just the kids. I'm not talking about mine yet. <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome. So thank you, family, for your thanking your family for your daughter's service to the military. We appreciate that. Thank and um, thanks for sharing that part of your story with us. And so yes. you, you worked out the paperwork, you and your husband. Did you first? Yes. Um, his next tour, did you say, was the, you know, back coming back to his D.C.? Next, yes, ma'am. His next tour was coming back here to, um, as a matter of fact, he was coming back. He was, uh, my husband was in the military for 10 years. He was an officer in the Army. He also deployed and he also uh, traveled around the world. Uh, after um, he left the military, he joined uh, civil service with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, okay? So his next assignment was back 
which was a coincidence, his home, his home state, which is Arkansas, and he was in the federal building in Little Rock with the Corps of Engineers. And this is when, where we knew we are going next. At that time, and, and tells you the strong woman you're talking about, at that time, um, because we lived in Egypt, I lived in Egypt after marriage, we lived in Egypt two years on his assignment. The okay. first nine months we were just dating, and then the second part of his nine months or two years, we were married. And during that time, I learned about my pregnancy with uh, my son, our son, me and Philip's son, Joseph. So at that time, Philip was supposed to report back to the United States towards the end of 1990, okay? But I had to come early to the States and immigrate early with the two girls because of my pregnancy situation and my uh, doctors didn't want me to, to fly especially this long trip. Oh, yes, exactly. So okay. I did fly by myself with the two girls. Oh, for the first time. <laughs> with my, my immigration papers in my hand. As a matter of fact, the first, uh, the first stop for me uh, had to be in an international airport in the United States, which was New York, where I had to present my papers, my sealed papers then, and, uh, and be accepted in the United States as an immigrant in 1990. Wow. Merit. Yes. <laughs> so this was done for me and the girls. And we came and his family, his parents were waiting for us at the airport. And we stayed with them, me and the two girls, before my husband came two months later to start his new jobs in the States. Oh, okay. Wonderful that his parents <laughs> was here to welcome yes, you and help yes, you get Yes, they settled. were. They, they passed away about um, five years ago. So oh, I had the pleasure okay. to be with them for a long time and learn wow. a lot about Arkansas culture and about the United States. Yes, ma'am. Right, right. Okay. Um, so you arrive, the girls are here, you're pregnant with your son. And then Correct. your husband joined you later. So yes. what, what was it like for you? Like, is, were there any culture shock? Um, what were your goals at that time? Uh, yes. Being in the United States for the first time ever, even though I traveled to Europe and parts of the Middle East, uh, there was, I have to, to have, I have to admit, because... Um, and this was the first time during my honeymoon when Philip and I just traveled from Egypt during our assignment, and we made a trip to Washington, D.C. So there were some things that kind of shocked me, because, you know, the general idea you know about is everything is perfect, you know? And it's the same. You come, like when Philip came to the Middle East, everything is bad. You know what I mean? So yes. in each country, it has its good sides and bad sides it has things that could be improved things that we can learn from things that can we we can keep away but never judge never judge those those things you know just try to figure them out try to accept them as a culture and this will make you much better accepting that culture rather than criticizing that culture so yes there were a few things but as time went by and as as i personally started to interact and to work my eyes opened and i'm like my goodness we all are the same around the world it's just difference in culture settings difference in the way things are reaching us in our perspective countries yeah. So that's why in a conversation like that, we both are having, 
we can elaborate those differences and work on improving them. Right, right. Okay. So, so by this time, your son would have been born because you're mentioning that you go off to work. Yes, um, my husband came back in uh, later uh, in August of 1990. Joseph was born in November 1990. And during this very limited time, we were running, looking for a house. We didn't have a house here in Arkansas. So we were looking for a house so we can, and schools for the girls, and we can start establishing a life together. And with God's grace, we were able to do that a week shy from the birth of our son in November. He was born November the 5th. So we bought our house, which we own to date, which you are talking to me, which I'm talking to you from right now. Wow, 30-something years, right? We kept this house for, this is our 34th year. We kept this house, house. Uh, Joseph is this year will be 32 so it's been almost 32 years and uh, even though we did not live in the house or we did not reside in Arkansas all these years yet we kept it as our family home so we spent after the birth of Joseph we spent a year here in Arkansas and then my husband learned from his first overseas assignment uh, in uh, or not the first second Uh, first after we left Egypt and it was uh, in Saudi Arabia so at that time it we have been here in the states almost a year and a half and I have been married to Philip for almost um, two and a half or two years so um, we had uh, the government had to start expediting our citizenship because we were traveling on diplomatic assignments. And since then, I have been traveling on diplomatic assignments myself, the two girls and Joe. So all this was rushed and done. And uh, we left to Saudi Arabia the summer of 1992, two years after we arrived here. Joseph was not even two years yet when we left. And we started our career. Philip started in Saudi Arabia, his job, I started my career with the government then. I was encouraged by our human resources offices to start applying and applying for jobs as a U.S. citizen, as a federal uh, civil servant. Right. It looks like you've had quite a number of years now, right? You're retired. How many years did you serve with the U.S. government? Uh, I served 23 years. I retired after 23 years, uh, January 2016, and uh, I, uh, after my retirement and due to the pandemic, uh, I was always, uh, I'm, I'm very active in volunteering, I'm very active in writing, I'm very active in speaking, but the pandemic kind of put us all in a, in a bind, as you know, Simone, yes. and uh, last year, I was a little bit ready to go outside of the house, and I started looking for more things to do, more things to use my qualifications uh, after retirement, and um, I, I was able to uh, find a job that satisfied my needs because I cannot just sit doing nothing, and I'm very, very happy um, to be working now again (laughs) with my retirement and uh, next month will be a year on the job 
Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Um, can you speak to any um, surprises or challenges you may have had adjusting from, you know, coming from an Egyptian culture? Uh, I mean, I suppose you lived in the United States on and off over the years, but were there no. any challenges oh, yes. or shock in the differences in culture for you? Yes, there were. There were. Um, there were times when, you know, um, you, you meet people who don't understand you. You meet people who would judge you by the way you look. You meet people, they judge you by your accent. Um, you meet people who judge you by, um, are you an immigrant? Um, are you living on welfare? Are you a refugee? I heard those three. Uh, I heard those three comments. Wow. Um, as I said, being being the strong personality I am, and I, I'm talking about the early days. It never, um, it never hit me uh, personally until later, at my older age. Oh, <laughs> I'm very okay. open with you. Yes. Yeah. Why? Well, uh, because I always was like, oh my gosh, they don't know. And I, I came to the, to the agreement that they don't know you. They are just looking at you and they are judging you by the way you look. And one other question I always heard, what are you doing in this country? Mm. Yes. Um, so, and it is, honestly, I found it hard and ridiculous to go through everything me and you were discussing now, Philip and I, and how we met and his career and my career and my education. It's really hard. Even in our little podcast that we're doing now, it is really hard to say everything in such a short time that happened in the course of the last 34 years. But I'm just pointing at the highlights, at the highlights of things. So deep inside me, I, I am standing on solid ground. I am confident. I know who I am. So my answers always were my heart. My heart brought me to this country, you know. Yes, yes. And I, I and and I would stop right there. I'm married to an American, but as, and this is why I came. But as and oh, and did your all your family immigrate here? Trust me, I'm the only one. <laughs> I'm the only one because of my circumstances and my situation. I'm married, but my family they live in Egypt. They are extremely well off. They are working. They own businesses. They have their homes. And even if, and they work in other parts of the world, but um, this idea of, uh, oh, I came here and I'm going to pull my entire family with me, you know, with all due yes. respect to everyone. No, no, we, we, we still have, and there are a lot of categories like me. It's just, you have to meet them. You know, not everyone you meet and every immigrant you meet have the same situation or the, the same uh, uh, way that brought them to this country, you know, or any right. other foreign country. We also have a lot of foreigners living in, in my country, in Egypt, and I came across a lot. Right, you right. Know? You know, me, yeah. People move across the globe every day for business, for, yes. for education, for... Yes family yes. reunification for so many reasons and yes our united states we accept over a million people legally every year so i really don't get that perception that the general public has that yes. everybody who's come here is here is entering the country legally and that we all come to take in fact exactly. it's quite the opposite 
exactly. we're here to add our skills. We work very hard. We contribute. We pay taxes. We yes. enrich the culture. We yes. bring our we bring our rich languages, and we do so much to add to the marketplace and culture of this country. I just don't understand. And we're a cult. We've, we're a country of immigrants from the start. Yes. So I don't quite understand that narrative and why it continues to flourish, and in, in the to the extent that it does, right? We still we still it's it's we need to work a little bit more on that. We mm. definitely need to work a little bit on that, and. We cannot, uh, if, if, if you look, for instance, especially my 11 years when I worked in Washington, D.C., and you look at the news and you look at the, uh, the successful immigrants and what they are doing, uh, especially in the D.C. area, you will find the category there is so high and the professions are at the level, very high level, very high positions that are and these people are coming with that education and they are coming yes, to thank give. You. Yes. you know what I mean? Yes. They are coming to give. So right. um, receiving them by us also giving as Americans yes. makes uh, the best, um, you know, combination and makes us much, much more acceptable to uh the 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 their their being here in the United States and like I said in Washington DC I read an article back in the days when I started and I'm telling you we're talking 1990 when I started 1990 when I started if there were people who were asking me where did I learn English how do I speak English you know and mm. you have to be very um informative in the way you tell people things and talk to people and if you take it as this is an attack on me sometimes and you you, you would definitely lose the battle you know so yes, yes. that's but, quite 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 some wisdom of a nugget that you're sharing there exactly exactly so uh, the the majority let's say egyptians and and arabs who work in dc they are all above the seventy thousand uh, income a year this was years ago. I don't know now the, the, this, I'm, I'm sure it increased and no one lives on welfare. Mm. Amazing, amazing stuff. And I met a pe- people from all over, not just Egypt or not just the Middle East from so many different European countries, hard workers, talented, full of enthusiasm to give to give, to give, to give. But always remember also, Simon, I'm not saying it's a majority. It's a minority that that when you hear, especially nowadays, you hear those things. Yes. But we need to work to make it 100% acceptable in, in, in our culture. And right. as we always say, one bad apple ruins the entire basket. So you just take that one apple out and look at the last of the entire basket and you will create a society, like you said, our society is a society of immigrants. Even my in-laws and my, my, my husband's family, they came from so many different parts of Europe, England yeah. and Germany, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> well, well, that's why we exist. That's why this podcast exactly. is here. It's yes. to amplify the contributions of, of uh, immigrant Americans to this country. Yes. And um, simply put, that's, that was what was driving me because I was so 
just frustrated with the narrative and I was like we came here to work and to add value yes and my family we we had homes we have acres of land in our country and yes. was adding value there and taking care of ourselves we didn't come here to, to be uh, yes. dependent on the government <laughs> or else no. or, uh, right exactly so no ma'am um, no ma'am and chapeau you know for all these people hats off because um, I have sat and discussed a lot of uh, issues like what we're discussing now and they were impressive but we need to see through you and through more of your podcasts more like these people because there yes, is a yes. lot around there are there are many around many yes, impressive yes, people. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes I agree I agree So um, with that said, do you have any advice? I know you've dropped a few nuggets there so far. Any particular advice that you would give to new residents, new immigrants about how to adjust to the American culture and how to have a more peaceful and abundant immigrant journey here in the United States? Um, Definitely. I have more than one advice. Um, Before you make the decision, to come to this country, no matter what the reason is. I always say uh, we are all immigrants, but our travels are different. The way we travel, you know, different. So before coming, read about the cultures, especially the state, the county you are going to reside in or at. So the United States in general, read about the history of the United States. Read about where you're going. I am going to Washington, D.C. What is Washington, D.C. about? What will I do in Washington, D.C.? Try to get in touch with, I believe so much, Simone, in sponsorship uh, programs. Try to reach out to someone you know, try to talk to people in your own perspective country. If they know someone you can get in touch with, they can give you a little background of their experience of the culture. This helps a lot. Come with the set of mind that I am coming to this country expecting the very good, the very best, and also the very worst and the very bad and in between. Everything Mm. is not going to be rosy. And everything is not going to be bad. Yes. Try to have your mind set that you are coming and you are coming to live. This is your new home. This is your new culture. This will be your new citizen, country of citizen. So how will I, um, I want to say, contribute in that culture and how will I use all my resources to contribute in that culture? Uh, Go out, see programs in your community, talk to people, get involved. Do not ever take anything big or small. Don't go big all the way. We take the steps one at a time. Take the steps one at a time. And uh, this will help to pursue your career and your goal come with a goal come with a plan for you or for your family but don't come thinking what they will give me Uh -uh. think of what you will give them 
think how will you contribute to make this society better because this is going to be your new home and your new place and uh, reach out reach out to people talk uh, join uh, be productive be productive in any career i'm not saying you have to go to the top or in anything you're doing in anything i remember one of the jobs i used to have just to kill time as a part-time job i used to work then you remember the store sears and i worked at sears and i was very happy i learned how to fold towels so you know we do everything we do everything you don't have to jump high from the first day you uh, you come here but have your plan that you will reach that goal one day and reach the highness you want Yes, yes, yes. But well said, well said. Thank so you. We've, we've added a, a new segment to our, sh uh, our show called Faux Pas. And I ask all my guests if there is one thing that they would encourage new immigrants not to say or not to do. Uh, is there anything that comes to mind for you? No. <laughs> say what you believe in because if we don't say and if our voices are not heard in anything not just as an immigrant or not just i'm sorry as immigrants um make your voice hurt make your voice hurt mm. very good and um is there do you have one word that you would use to describe the immigrant mentality um Never say never. Mm. Just just do your best and keep trying, right? Exactly. Okay. Um, so do you, uh, I'm not quite sure if, um, if you have any business or anything that you do on the side, if anybody would like to contact you or reach out, do you have anything that you'd like to share for people or you're basically just private life in this stage of your life? Um, as a matter of fact, I, uh, I do volunteer. I love volunteering, even, even though, and this has been for a long time. I also have a page, uh, a Facebook page. I have my, my personal Facebook page, which is really, I, it just, I, I write little quotations on my page. I just start my day with, uh, with inspiring um, and uh, I also have a motivation page which I like on Facebook it's called Maha is Miho Maha is my name and Miho is my nickname and this is what my granddaughters call me Miho so Maha is Miho and um, I like to um, speak uh, publicly um, if I'm asked, I do it, and I do it just for the fun of doing it on a volunteer basis. Um, I, I went um, through uh, two years of fighting breast cancer, and it uh, taught me a lot. I also, during that time, learned a lot because I believe in learning and training. So I learned a lot uh, on how to become a volunteer and a uh, active volunteer in that uh, in that in this situation. Um, so I do help a lot of my uh, colleagues, friends, acquaintances who need help with that, and I volunteer with uh, those uh, entities. 
So, um, you know, my uh, LinkedIn page um, is, is open and it's open to anyone. Um, I became active after my retirement on my LinkedIn page. And I just uh, like to share it with everyone. When I see something uh, that I like, I also share, um, like sharing your um, experiences and your podcast was, was something that caught my eyes. And uh, so that's what I do. So anyone is welcome to join me on Facebook, join me on LinkedIn, or join me on my page, Maha Ismio, or reach out personally on Messenger. I'll be delighted. Okay, wonderful. I thank you so much for your time, Maha. You have quite a story. And listeners, if you could only see her picture, she has such an amazing, bright smile. And uh, I can tell that you... You add sunshine wherever you are. You add value wherever you are. And you don't allow other people's, what should I say? Um, you don't allow other people to rain on you. <laughs> That's you true. See? I only rain from my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I became so sensitive, Simone. But, uh, but you know, I mean, come on. I'm... <laughs> I'm in advanced. I'm in an advanced age of my life, so I I I cry when I'm happy, and I cry when I'm not happy, and I cry in between. Right, <laughs> it's right. My way of showing how strong I've been for so long, to be honest. But, but I feel it's a power, and we all need to shed tears every once in a while. <laughs> yes, it's very healing, and that's why God exactly. Gave Please us that don't expression. Tell the viewers, tell our or the listeners, you know, shed tears. Tears are like smiles, you know. <laughs> yes yes sometimes after sometimes you find the energy yes, after ma'am. crying sometimes just to take take another step yes ma'am. doing what you need to do to keep standing for whatever you need to stand sometimes you just need that release so it's very healing and powerful yes ma'am that's that's you are 100 percent true How about right, that? right right oh my goodness that's a beautiful way <laughs> to end our show today Um, We thank you, Maha, for sharing a bit of your life and your story with us here on the Immigrant Experience in America. Of course, of course, Simone. And I just would like to take a moment and and thank you and thank everyone who uh, connected me with you and also connect all the uh, with all the listeners who are listening to us. I hope that this will have an impact on them. And if there are any questions. Uh, I'll be more than happy to answer and I look forward to the future and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. We're connected on LinkedIn and we will stay in touch. And um, yes, I, I hope our, I hope we'll get to meet in person at some point because I can just imagine the light that you bring and um, I can see it through your picture. I can hear it through your story and I hope to meet you one day. Okay. Likewise, you're welcome here anytime. Tune in next week for another episode of The Immigrant Experience in America. As this is a new podcast, we welcome any and all support. If you have not done so already, subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can also support us by completing a five-star rating and review and sharing our podcast with your friends, family, and circle of influence.